Today marks the fifth consecutive Sunday where our second reading comes from the letter to the Hebrews. And in fact, we will have two more Sundays of the letter to the Hebrews as our second reading. You know, it's a beautiful epistle from the New Testament, letter from the New Testament. And at the very heart of the letter to the Hebrews is the idea that Jesus Christ is our great high priest. How is Christ our great high priest? Well, let's just look briefly at the first two chapters in the letter to the Hebrews. The first chapter teaches beautifully on the divinity of Christ. It begins with these three verses, quote, in times past, God spoke in partial and various ways to our ancestors through the prophets. In these last days, he spoke to us through a son whom he made heir of all things and through whom he created the universe, who is the refulgence of his glory, the very imprint of his being, and who sustains all things by his mighty word. What the letter to the Hebrews is saying here is a couple of things. First, Jesus Christ is qualitatively different than the prophets of old. Yes, God spoke to the prophets of old, uh, but now he speaks through his son. Uh, Jesus doesn't merely carry a message from God. He is God himself, the eternal word of God made flesh. He is fully God, fully divine. He is God whole and entire. That's what is meant uh, in the latter half of those verses where it speaks of the word through whom uh, the universe was created and who sustains all things in being. Now, if chapter one is this brilliant affirmation of the divinity of Christ, then chapter two affirms the humanity of Jesus. Jesus is fully God. He is God whole and, whole and entire, and he is also fully human like us in all things but sin. And this means he experienced suffering, suffering that tested him as suffering tests us. You know, he experienced what we do. He suffered physically, but he also suffered mentally and emotionally. He died rejected by the religious authorities, rejected by the civil authorities, rejected by the crowds as a pariah of society, a, a monster. He was abandoned by friends. He was tested by what he suffered, as are we. Okay, so Jesus is true God, fully divine. He is also true man, fully human. What conclusion does the letter to the Hebrews draw from these premises? The conclusion is that Jesus is our merciful and faithful high priest. Now, maybe you're thinking, okay, how does that follow, that Jesus is a priest from the fact that he's fully God and fully man? Well, a priest is a mediator between God and man. The priest brings man to God first by offering gifts, sacrifices for sin on behalf of the people, as well as adoration, thanksgiving, and petitions. And the priest then brings God to man, so to speak. This occurs when gifts of grace and knowledge and blessing are transmitted from God to mankind through the mediation of the priest. Now, with this background context in mind, hopefully we can see why Jesus Christ is perfectly positioned to be our great high priest, because he is true God and true man. He is in an absolutely unique position to be a mediator between God and man and man and God. 
And we see this most especially on Calvary. On the altar of the cross, Christ is our great high priest who offers something to God the Father that the Father loves infinitely more than sin displeases him, his only begotten Son. Thus Christ offers this perfect sacrifice, sacrifice which is the highest form of adoration to God on our behalf. And in the process, he atones for our sins. He then brings these graces that he won, graces which forgive our sins and make us the adopted sons and daughters of God to us. And he does this through the sacraments he instituted, which brings us to another point. Christ remains the great high priest. Nevertheless, he willed to give a participation in his priestly mediation to the church through the sacrament of holy orders. The ordained priest in the Catholic Church does not substitute for Christ or succeed or replace him. Rather, we priests serve as a sacramental continuation of Christ the high priest. The Catholic priest is ordained to act in the person of Christ the head, so that Christ may carry out his priestly ministry through the hands and mouth of those men who receive holy orders. This is why the Mass has always been called the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. Now, we need to explain what that means. The Mass is not sacrificing Christ again and again. No, Christ offered this sacrifice on the cross once for all, as our second reading tells us. No, but see, the Mass is a mystical presentation again of that one sacrifice of Christ on Calvary, so that people of all generations down to today can participate in the victory of the cross and receive the fruits of Christ's sacrifice. The priest then brings the greatest of blessings to be received by the people, the Most Holy Eucharist, the sacrament of Christ's body and blood, to nourish the supernatural life of grace within us. But there's another way that Christ willed uh, for, uh, to give a participation in his priestly mediation to his church. And that is through the common priesthood of all the baptized, which is essentially different from the ministerial priesthood. All of us, in virtue of our baptism, we share in this common priesthood of the baptized. And we exercise this most especially when we attend the holy sacrifice of the Mass, when that one sacrifice of Christ is mystically made present again in an unbloody and invisible manner. We, as part of the common priesthood, priesthood of the baptized are called to offer ourselves, our prayers, our works, our joys, and especially our sufferings, all that we have and are in union with the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. Think of it this way. You know, growing up, I, heard, I always heard this phrase from my parents or grandparents, and they would say, offer it up. Now, I always thought it meant something like suck it up or deal with it, uh, but it didn't. There's, very, there's really a very profound theological meaning behind it. It means to take our sufferings, whether they are ordinary, routine, or whether they are heartbreaking, heartbreaking and tragic, and to offer them to God by uniting them to Christ's sacrifice on the cross made present at each and every Mass. This is why the Mass is so important. It's not a religious service, quote-unquote. It's the worship of the Son to the Father, united in the Holy Spirit, 
in the sacrifice of Calvary, which is made present at each and every Mass. As we continue with this celebration, as we prepare for the mystical presentation again of that one sacrifice of Christ on Calvary, which will be presented again on this altar, let us pray for the grace to offer ourselves in union with Christ our High Priest so that we can participate in our own redemption.